Uh, our categories today are crazy history. Oh, today's questions are going to involve things involving profanity and uh, penises and uh, a little bit of racism. So if any of those offend you or if you have children, get them the fuck out of here because we don't want them. So uh, let's get started. Categories today, crazy history, amazing animals, movie mysteries. Holy... Free tacos. Free tacos. Beer. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are getting ready for another episode of Free Tacos Podcast Action Team Trivia. Woo! I am dressed very festively because this is the last um, podcast we're going to do probably this year, I think, and then we'll, we'll come back strong in 2021 if the world's still here. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't played with us before, which uh, really, I think we've only got one person online who's played with us before, um, this is how it's going to go. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask a series of questions. I'm going to have five categories, three questions in each. Everybody gets to throw out their answer. Um, chances are they're going to be super difficult, and you'll probably only get a couple. Don't feel bad. You're here to learn. So um, I am David, the brewery buddy. I'm Joe with the show, the producer. We got Nearly Silent Nick here on Mondays. Off mm-hmm. to my left that you can't see, we got DJ Pizza. And who's back, who just raised her arm that you can see, that is the Holy Sister Lisa. Ooh. Who uh, made this wonderful free Rocco that's on the table. Yeah. The free taco, free Rocco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so... Uh, if you look behind me, we will have pictures and the questions, if you can read them from that far. Um, if not, the the chances are the pictures are going to throw you for a loop anyway, so don't really pay attention to them. Uh, I just put it up there so I don't have to repeat the question eight times. But I still do. So, <laughs> here we go. Let's we go. get started. Oh, also, uh, this is like half holiday trivia, half not holiday trivia, because I didn't realize until I was halfway done that this is going to be the last episode before Christmas. So, uh, our categories today are crazy history. Oh, today's questions are going to involve things involving profanity and uh, penises and uh, a little bit of racism. So, if any of those offend you, or if you have children, get them the fuck out of here, because we don't want them. So, uh, let's get started. Categories today, crazy history, amazing animals, movie mysteries, holy shit holidays, and Disney discourse. Let's get started with some crazy history. I don't know why I like this picture so much. This is actually like two separate armies that stopped having a fight on on Christmas so they could celebrate with each other. And they basically just put some candles and trees and got loaded. So, (laughs) history. All right, here we go. We are starting off today. Uh, So despite the fact that it's spelled W-O-J, that is pronounced Vatek, was an orphan in 1942 when he found himself in the care of Inka Bukiewicz. A Polish at, in a Polish refugee camp near Tehran. There, Vatek was conscripted into the Polish army. Like most soldiers, Private 
uh, Vatek liked uh, his coffee in the morning. He was very fond of beer and cigarettes. Private Vatek used to wrestle any soldier, and he was so good, he actually became the mascot for their company. In fact, although being the smallest recruit when he joined, Private Vatek weighed over 200 pounds by the time that he was instrumental in the Battle of the Monte Cassino. And that was in 1944 by carrying 100-pound crates of artillery shells and ammunition and never dropping a single one. After the war, Private Vatek moved to Scotland until his death in 1963. Where did Vatek live in Scotland? Specifically, where in the capital city did Vatek live? In Edinburgh. Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland. We have a private Vatek went to the zoo. All right. Just keeping the grounds. Private Vatek, where do you think he went, Joe? Joe missed the whole question because yeah, he's so yeah. preoccupied with these wives. <laughs> So a castle, oh, like Edinburgh Castle right here. I think maybe he moved into the castle. Okay. So we've got one guess for the zoo. We've got one guess for the castle. We've got one guess for what the hell just happened. And do we have any guesses from Facebook Live? All right, then we are going to move right along to the answer. You see, despite being given his own name, rank, serial number, and even a paybook, and liking beer Oops. and cigarettes, <laughs> even eating them from time to time, Vatek was a bear. A Syrian brown bear, to be exact. Even at only two years old, at the Battle of Monte Cassino, he single-handedly carried crates that normally took four men to carry. He loved mimicking human behavior, and since he was raised by humans since a cub, he probably thought he was one. After the war, Vatek, which is a nickname meaning happy warrior, lived out the rest of his days at the Edinburgh Zoo. He, <laughs> he had actually grown into a, a remarkable six feet tall and over 490 pounds. There are statues to him in England, Poland, and Scotland as media attention made this happy warrior a big star. I have a quick oh, he's a bear. Funny thing about that. Yeah. My ex husband, who is Polish, wanted to name our first child that name <laughs> after the bear because he told me the story about the bear and it totally just clicked the past. What it was. <laughs> Thank God that didn't happen. Oof. Happy memories. <laughs> 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 and I'm sure there's a couple of people out there named Harambe. More than likely. Mm -hmm. All right, so in 1722, Silence Do Good wrote 14 letters to a bi-weekly publication known as the New England Current, which was printed in Boston. Silence Do Good was a widow who was a, a, whose satirical letters delighted readers, with some men actually even offering to marry Silence. The problem is... Silence Do Good was just the pen name for what famous author? What year was that? Uh, 1722. 1722 in New England? In Boston, to be Boston. exact. Okay. Who was Silence Do Good? Really? Benjamin 
full reels. We get a Benjamin Franklin guess. I second that. We have a seconded Benjamin Franklin guess. We have a triple that guess. (laughs) I concur. Joe also agrees. Yeah. All right. Well, if there's any opposition from Facebook, you just type it into that chat there so we know Mm -hmm. if if you have anything. The New England Current was owned by James Franklin, whose 16-year-old brother, Benjamin Franklin, worked there. When James found out that his younger brother, who was apprenticing at the shop at the time, was responsible for the letters, he was furious. Benjamin quickly left Boston and fled to Philadelphia. This little prankster then became one of America's most notable founding fathers. And the letters are actually mentioned in National Treasure. (laughs) Oh, Kim just joined. Hi, Kim. All right, moving on to our third question. Oh, I keep forgetting to hit this today. There's a surprise. Okay, so I love this picture. Uh, Egyptian pharaoh Pepe II did not like flies at all. So what was his method for keeping flies away? Pepe II with his little Pepe hanging out right there. In Facebook world, if you have any guesses, just put them right down in that comments. What did Pharaoh Pepe II use to keep flies away? Pharaoh Pepe, he clearly used his long stockings tossed over in the corner. <laughs> yep. What do flies not like? I don't What did Egyptian hmm. Pharaoh Pepe II use to keep flies away? Probably shit. Cats. Cats. You said what? Shit. Shit. Okay. Okay. I thought Yeah, don't they like that? Isn't that what they're attracted to? I mean, maybe... put shit over in the corner here, it keeps it off the feed. Maybe. Olive oil. Olive oil. Feathers. Feathers. Okay. Okay. Do you want to say anything random? Cats. Cats? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got... Cats, feathers, <clears throat> olive oil, and shit. Mm-hmm. Anything in store or uh, <laughs> Facebook world? Peppy II would cover one of his slaves in honey and let the flies bother them instead. <laughs> that <Wow>. sounds awful. <laughs> and I'm going to be honest, all of the pictures that I found were very sexual. Yeah. So that's why you get... This is the least sexual of the pictures. There was like one picture of a guy and he was like really into it. <laughs> All right. We are now moving on to our second category, amazing animals. Aww. <laughs> In June of 2006, Harriet, a Galapagos tortoise, sadly died at the Australia Zoo, which was owned by crocodile hunter himself, Steve Irwin. Harriet was over 175 years old at the time and is estimated to be the second oldest of her species ever on record. She she was most notably brought from the Galapagos Islands to the mainland by what famous scientist when she was only five years old? We have a Charles Darwin guess. We have a second on Charles Darwin. I will third. (laughs) We have a third on Charles Darwin. Anybody else? Does anybody want to double down and uh, what was probably the ship guess? 
Are you just making up extra questions on the fly? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick. All right. Well, if we All have right. threes for Charles Darwin, we're going to go ahead and say, hashed in 1830, Harriet was just five years old when she boarded the Beagle with Charles Darwin himself. I know that doesn't seem, I know it doesn't seem that exciting to me, but Darwin actually spent eight years studying barnacle penises. Eight fucking years studying barnacle penises. So clearly the next question is about that. Speaking of barnacle penises, the study of barnacles is called uh, seropediology. And it has led to discover that barnacles are hermaphroditic. So they have both male and female reproductive organs. But what is so notable about barnacle penises? Are we looking at them right now? No, those are just barnacles. (laughs) The next slide has barnacle penises. Are they like hooked? They could be hooked. Oh. Ariel says Charles Darwin too. I don't know if that came up before I gave the answer, because I'm so far behind. Um, their penis length is like some crazy multiple of its body length. That sounds like a fantasy that you're exploring right now. <laughs> uh, um, just talk to um, psychiatrist Dr. Freud. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, it looks like a barnacle. A, a, just a smaller barnacle. Yeah, smaller, smaller. A barnacle on a barnacle. Yeah. Smaller like barnacle. Yeah. Smaller and smaller. Yeah, it's just, yeah. All right, Facebook, any guesses on what is so notable about barnacle penises? Glows in the dark. That'd be really fun, like you're just like on a boat. And you like look down, and the whole front of the boat's glowing because there's just barnacle penises everywhere. <laughs> Ariel says it's how they move. Yeah, we got a couple of right answers here. Mm. I'll I'll accept both of those. Here we go. <laughs> Since barnacles cannot leave their shells to wow. mate, barnacle penises are eight times longer than their body length, making the long making it the longest penis to body ratio in the animal kingdom. Wow, what a world. Yeah, I mean, if you gotta, if you got to have a thing, make that your thing. <laughs> but okay, okay, enough about penises. Time for some carnage. With an 85% success rate for hunting, which African predator has the highest rate of success for kills? It's not these guys. These are, they're called rabbit ear foxes. Yeah, I know that's why I put him up there. David, did the did you by any chance talk about these animals during the safari? Um, I never talked about these animals on the safari. Okay. But that doesn't mean they weren't there. Just means I never talked about them. We only had to name half the animals. I don't know. It's some sort of desert cat. Cheetah. Ooh, a desert cat. We got a cheetah. Okay. I think I saw it on some. <laughs> could be. <Yeah>. DJ's recalling <laughs> some yeah. Animal Planet facts. Maybe. It literally looks like just a little house cat, but it lives in the desert. I'm going to say some kind of insect. Ooh. Um, 
But would it be considered an African predator if it's an insect? No. I will tell you it's not. It is some sort of a mammal. Okay. Some sort of a mammal. Some sort of a mammal. The painted hyenas? Painted hyenas. That's that's two things you put together. Painted, painted dogs. Painted dogs. Painted yeah. dogs. Okay. Ariel says it's a tiny cat, but she forgot its name. An ocelot. A serval. Jonathan. House cat. House cat. <laughs> All right. We've had a lot of guesses. It is time to go to the correct one. Ariel says it looks like a cute house cat. I want to say serval. All right, here we go. It is actually African wild dogs. When it comes to taking down cute little gazelles and antelopes, lions and cheetahs have less than a 20% success rate. It is actually the African wild dogs or painted dogs or even called the cape hunting dog that takes the win for the title. Hunting in well-coordinated attacks uh, leads to the most kills per attempt of the African predators. And a lot of those smaller cats are really high up there, but they just aren't at 85%. (laughs) <laughs> They're at like 79. They're close. They're close. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next category, movie mysteries. I've updated it to have just Christmas movies today. Who's All right. So whether you think it's a Christmas movie or not, Die Hard is an awesome flick. What you might not know is the first Die Hard is technically a sequel to Roderick Thorpe's earlier book called simply The Detective. Frank Sinatra was actually the lead in that movie, released in 1968. As such, the the same movie with a 70-something-year-old Sinatra as John McClane would not have packed the same punch. In the original movie, promotional material... In the original movie promotional material, Bruce Willis's name and image were left out in favor of the burning Nakatomi Tower. Why was Bruno left out of the original material? I called him Bruno because he actually has a musical album that's called, like, (laughs) Bruno, like, The Return of Bruno or something like that. Eric's, oh, hey, it's my nephew. He says, because he was known as a, com- uh, as a comedian and they were worried no one would accept him as an action hero. That is a good first guess. That is an excellent first guess. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> oh, and it's been seconded. All right, well, you know what? The answer is Bruce Willis was cast after Sinatra, Stallone, Burt Reynolds, Richard Gere, Harrison Ford, and maybe even Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, but this was far from his first film. Previous, though, All he had done was comedies. The film company was worried his name would scare away potential viewers who would think this was a comedy and not an action-packed thrill ride. Once it was seen as a genuine blockbuster, though, they added his name uh, to the his name and image to the posters. So, yippee ki yay, motherfuckers! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so. Uh, Die Hard was the first film role for Alan Rickman, though, who was part of the Harry Potter franchise, and at least one of those took place during Christmas. Eddie Redmayne, who plays Newt Scamander in the Fantastic Beasts spinoff films, actually auditioned for the role as Tom Riddle, but ultimately did not get the part. Did you know that in the French version of the films, uh, the character is named Tom Dujour? Hmm. 
Why? It needed to say Je m'appelle Voldemort instead of my name is Voldemort. Ticky ticky slim shady. Mm I'm trying to think of how many letters have to be in his middle name then. <clears throat> if you're going to get Gemma Pell Voldemort out of that. <laughs> All right. Everybody's going with it. I mean, it's right. Uh, so, <laughs> because, spoiler alert, you've had plenty of time to figure this out, but Tom Marvalo Riddle is an anagram for I am Lord Vol- Voldemort. So in French, Tom Elvis de Jujur is an anagram for Je suis Voldemort. <laughs> and it's actually different in several other languages, but because his middle name is Elvis, it is the funniest to me. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Moving on to our Star Wars question. Does a Wookiee shit in the woods? Woo-hoo. So, the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special marks a very weird point for the Star Wars franchise. It does give us the first on-screen appearance of Boba Fett and some great cameos by B. Arthur, Harvey Corman, and, of course, Jefferson Starship, of all people. It might surprise you to know that George Lucas had nearly nothing to do with it. He did contribute one idea, however, and created a holiday which appears to be a combination of Thanksgiving and Christmas. What is the name of that holiday. (laughs) Anybody out there on Facebook know the name of the holiday George Lucas created for the main plot of the 1978 Star Wars holiday special? Um, I think he named it something in Klingon. In Klingon. You were fired. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) We got Ewok Sunday, thank miss. We've got something in Klingon. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) Live long and eat shit, buddy. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is the holiday special, so... I mean, to be fair... To be fair. I think shit is applicable. We got Perky Nips Tuesday. I do like how uh, in my nephew's world, Star Wars has the same days of the week we do. <laughs> and also ducks, if you guys didn't know that. We got Hump Day. Hunt? Hump Day. Oh, I think it's supposed to be Hump Day like the camel says. Hump Day. All right, here we go. The main plot of the special, even though there are many subplots, is that Han Solo and Chewbacca are visiting the Wookiee planet of Kashyyyk so Chewie can see his family for Life Day. Even though most everyone involved in this film wants to forget that it even exists, the Mandalorian is keeping it alive. In the very first episode, when Mithril, the blue alien played by Horatio Sands, he actually mentions wanting to celebrate Life Day. Not to mention that in the holiday special, Boba's cartoon carries a niffle rifle, which is the exact same weapon that the Mandalorian carries around. 
How about okay. that? Boom. Boom. I hope you learned something. Wow. All right. It's time. There's actually another picture with like him and his whole family wearing those same robes and there's like floating in space. This is actually during the closing song where uh, Princess Leia is singing the Star Wars theme. What the, what the day? Um, oh, looks like his graduation day. I was over day. under on Carrie Fisher being high on drugs. Yeah. Oh no, I, all of them are. I mean, look uh, at look at Han Solo, man. He's just like he's he's all bugged out. There was there's a handful of cocaine in his pocket right now. <laughs> and look how bloodshot C three PO's eyes are. Huh? Oh man, he's he's bugging. Yeah. <laughs> all right, here we go. We are moving on to holy shit holidays. <clears throat> This is actually, I think the, I think this is the uh, like granddaughter of the girl who's usually on Crazy History. Really? Yeah, That's I funny. think so. Um, so here we Good go. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so I hope you guys are ready. This is this is a little bit racist. I'm sorry, world, uh, but this is this is the Netherlands for you. In the Netherlands, Santa Claus or Cinderklaas does not arrive from the North Pole. He has little helpers, but they aren't elves. They're actually just boys and girls in blackface. Like, that's the thing. It's not, like, a joke. They're actually, like, that's part of their myth. (laughs) They're boys and girls in blackface. And they steal misbehaving kids and take them back to Santa's Mm. home. So where exactly does this Dutch Sinterklaas come from? The worst place imaginable imaginable to the Dutch. America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got one guess for America. Congo. The Congo. Yeah. Well, that, that got way more racist than it yeah. needed to be. <laughs> <laughs> the Underworld, says Eric. Disney World, says Eric. Yeah. Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah. So he's always from the South Pole. Yeah. yeah. That's where all the bad guys come from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other guesses out there, Facebook Live? Any other guesses in here? <laughs> where Mm-mm. where would the nether the people from the Netherlands where would they think is the worst place possible? Where do they think bad boys and girls grow up after they've misbehaved? Probably America. Sticking <laughs> with America. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, clearly the people from the Netherlands have no love for matadors, tapas, and flamenco dancing because Sinterklaas and his helpers live in Spain. And that's where all the bad boys and girls are forced to go if you're on Sinterklaas' naughty list. Holy shit, holidays. Okay. So now we're going to travel a whole bunch further. There are nearly zero Christians living in Japan. However, there is a Christmas tradition that takes place in Japan every year. On Christmas, people flock to what American fast food restaurant to have their holiday family feast? McDonald's. We got a McDonald's. KFC. You've got a KFC song and dance. I don't know. between McDonald's and KFC. But not... Not Burger King. Sing your jingle again. (laughs) We got Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons off the internet. I also like how Eric had another guest to (laughs) Finland. (laughs) The Publix Deli. Oh, that'd be fun. McDonald's. 
We got another McDonald's. Yeah. We got another KFC. All right. So far, there's at least one correct answer. So we're going for it. Starting with an ad campaign in 1947 entitled Kentucky for Christmas. Uh, it encouraged tourists and expats who were there um, on Christmas to go to KFC as chicken is the closest thing you can get to turkey in Japan. It was a huge success and they have run the campaign every year since then and it has really taken off. Unlike mm. chickens. Because chickens don't, <laughs> don't fly. fly yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we just want to make sure we got everybody in here. So Hanukkah starts on December 10th, and I don't want to leave anyone out of trivia. Hanukkah was not traditionally a gift-giving holiday, but because, um, you know, it actually started becoming one due to its proximity to the gift-obsessed Christmas holiday. Jimmy Carter was the first president to recognize Hanukkah in 1979, and each president since then has held a special menorah lighting ceremony. Keep in mind, however, a menorah actually only has seven candles in it, and they're all at the same height. A Hanukkah menorah actually has nine candles on it, and the middle has to be at a different height, or at least one of them has to be at a different height. It's usually the middle. Um, so Hanukkah menorahs actually are called Hanukkah menorahs, but they have another name. What is the other name that is used for Hanukkah menorahs? I have no idea. No idea. Does it have anything to do with the Maccabees? It has nothing to do with the Maccabees. <laughs> the eight-way anal plug. <laughs> so what do you do with the ninth one? Yeah. <laughs> I guess get a shorter person because it is like it's sticking out a little bit further usually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotta get a dwarf yeah you're, you're, you're share it hmm. you know I'm now just picturing like the the history of the world movie with Mel Brooks where like all the nuns come out of the menorah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's for holding Eric says that's right you need to get a good grip yeah yeah okay that makes sense that makes sense smart thinking buddy all right since no one has any further guesses, it is called the eight-way anal plug. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> sorry, anyone who was Jewish and offended by that. Uh. Um, so, <laughs> the nine-candled menorahs from Hanukkah are actually called Hanukkah or Hanukkah. I'm sorry, I don't really know, but For it's sure. like Hanukkah with an I at the end. <laughs> uh, the seven-candled menorahs are used in the ancient temple or as a symbol. Dreidels are also a symbol for Hanukkah, and they were originally used as a way to fool the Greeks if they got caught studying the Torah, which was outlawed. Because they were the original cowboys, if you didn't know that. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Moving on to our Disney discourse. Oh, boy. All right. So Magic Kingdom's very first Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party was held on December 16th, 1983. The very first night of the party in 2019. What unusual event happened during the party that hadn't ever happened since the party started nearly 20 years before? It's Current snowed. events. It snowed. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
I know. I'm mm -hmm. like, Cut. what unusual event happened? Yeah. <laughs> Not a hurricane. Mickey, Mickey got COVID. Mickey, Mickey was one of the first people to get COVID. ABC Xmas show. Um, not the ABC Christmas show. A Mickey nip slip. Why not a mini nip slip? How many nips do they have to slip? I think that's the question. So we do have a partially correct answer on on the Facebook Live now. The nip slip? Uh, no, no, no. Um, my, my nephew also said it rained. That's not the unusual occurrence, because it has rained on me just about every time that I have gone to any party at Magic Kingdom. It waits for it. <laughs> it waits for it. I put on makeup to be a mime once. I left looking like the crow. Um, Boy, wait, last year? Everybody? Was that, like, something to do with COVID? No. No, no, no. COVID didn't get here till February. Yeah. yeah. No, I know, but it, it could have happened no. somewhere else. No. It's at Walt Disney World. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's clearly the castle in the background. Yeah. And you know question <gasps> 13 is always a Walt yeah, Disney World question. Ariel says it hailed. Eric says it was televised. I will give you a clue that the picture you were seeing is part of the answer. Mm. Duffy was in the parade. I think Duffy's been in the parade for a while. <laughs> I don't know. All these things are coming to my mind, and then I'm like, no, it's the wrong year. So I don't know. The opening night of the 2019 Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party... It rained so much that rather than run the usual Christmas party parade, they made do with the rainy day cavalcade. <laughs> and that had never happened before for the Christmas parties. Wow. And that must have been a real fun time. All right, moving on to our Disneyland question. Um... Disneyland has 13, oh no, sorry. Disneyland has three resorts that it operates. Last year, one of them had a seven foot tall gingerbread house in it. Which of the three resorts had the giant gingerbread house in it? The Grand Californian. That's one of the three resorts. <laughs> there we go. The. Uh... Disneyland Hotel. The Disneyland Hotel is another one of the resorts. What's the other name of the resort? The other one is called Paradise Pier. Right, okay, I'll guess that one. There we go. All right, so Paradise <laughs> Pier. So we have one of these three guesses is correct. It is down to the California, Californian. Grand Californian. Grand Californian. <laughs> All right. We got two for, three now for Grand Californian. Uh, we also have one for Disneyland Resort. We have one for Disneyland Paradise Hotel. Pier. Disneyland <laughs> Hotel. Disneyland Hotel. I was actually in it last year. Uh. I, was, I was at this gingerbread house. Ooh. No, you don't, you don't get to go in. <laughs> but 
with a very woodsy, mountainy feel, and it has a direct entrance to Disney's California Adventure. It was mm-hmm. the Grand Californian that had a gingerbread house that was over seven feet tall, took 600 pounds of powdered sugar, 250 pounds of fondant, and 25 cast members to construct it. And it took 312 cast members to eat it. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right, here we go. Oh, they're very hungry in California. <laughs> okay. I gotcha. <laughs> All right, so there have been a lot of songs in the Disney's catalog over the years, and some of them even tie into winter holidays. But out of all the songs throughout the years, who was the first princess to have a duet with a villain? <clears throat> yes, a princess with a villain. And for context clues, they're pretty much all right there. They might not they might not have been drawn like I'm that. Say Anna. Ariel. All right. Anna. Anna from Frozen. Ariel from The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. We've got Rapunzel. Another Ariel Rapunzel. With Ursula. Ursula no. A duet. Didn't they sing together? See, I'm not going to count that because that was definitely not a duet. That was that was Ursula singing and then Ariel having to sing afterwards. But it was not a duet. Did Belle actually sing with Gaston? See, I don't want to count that either because they did not sing at the same time in that song. So that was not a duet. I'm going to say Anna from Frozen. My guess is Esmeralda. Esmeralda. I don't think she's a princess. But also, I don't think she had a duet with the villain either. She had a duet with Phoebus and with Hunchback, but I don't think she had with. Yeah, I'm going to save Rapunzel. Because that was before Frozen. Yeah. It was. And who did she have a song with? Mother Gotha. Her mother. Gotha? They both sang at the same time? I don't think they did. I don't think they did. I don't think they did. You're right. Then I'm going back to my Anna. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> what was it? What? It was a lizard. Jeez. <laughs> oh. It was on the wall. Poor thing. We'll have to let it out. Sorry. Well, uh, <laughs> it probably came in like on the chair a bit. That's uh, that was then. the excitement for the night. The answer, by the way, is Anna from Frozen. Yay! Even. <laughs> Even in this franchise, there's a short film about the holiday season. See how I brought it back there? Uh, In the first film in the franchise, Anna sings a song with Hans, who ends up being the main villain of Frozen. Spoiler alert! Um, Since then, two other shorts and uh, a sequel. Um, Sorry. Since this, two shorts and a sequel later, it looks like this movie is an open door. Boom. Nailed it. Boom. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is yes. this show. So uh, thanks for playing with us. Uh, have a safe set of holidays. We'll see you in 2021 if the world's still here. Mm-hmm. And um, I I am David the underscore brewery buddy. I'm Joe with the show. Nearly silent Nick. We've got DJ Pizza, Holy Sister Lisa over here. Thank you so much for playing on Facebook. Make sure you share this with your friends and uh, let everybody know how much fun this is for when we come back. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, please mm-hmm. uh, listen to it on everything and um, tell all your friends. 
That's all, all I right. got. Cool. All right, guys. Cool. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Now time to Thanks, guys. Have fun. Make good choices. Because <laughs> we. Won't. That was so funny. I like. I saw it too, but I thought I would. Oh. I'm glad that I didn't just like get it right on your face because. Did it like did it like jump on your hand? Yeah, it was on my hand. The lizard was actually on your hand. Yes. <gasps> I it felt it. it on the yeah. chair. Poor thing. Right, Where are we on that one? Yep. Oh my god, I would have freaked out too. <laughs> hey bud, you're doing yeah, a terrible job like keeping getting rid of the lizards. Yeah, yeah, so he like crawled up on your hand. Yeah. You, know, I'm you made it on camera. Any, he, uh... must, he definitely must have Could been. Could you see him fly across? You were on camera, you ran. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw a bla- I saw a dark s- Now I need to want to watch the video and fast forward all the way that part. Kind of surprised he didn't have any um, Pearl Harbor reference today. So it was like, and then you flung it and it flew. I would have been so funny well, if you had landed on David. <laughs> I would have been like, whatever, it's a lizard. I thought like one of the cats had come up and scared you, and I was like, no. why is she freaking out? Like, it, it was like cold. I felt like it was like... The video and I looked down, and there, it was just there, so I, so I flung it. <laughs> December seventh, nineteen forty-one. So I, I only shared it in, in my group. I didn't share it on my actual Facebook because I realized that I have way too many like of my rock followers and people I like babysit for and stuff. And I'm like, the show's a little inappropriate. I probably shouldn't share it on my actual Facebook. Well, so I shared it in my group, but... Are we able to fast? Yeah, we are. But we did have people, some more people. Are we able to watch? Yeah, but I can't, I can't download the... I mean... It's up there, I'm watching yeah, it's right there, but, but I can't download it onto my, onto my iPad if I want to, like, upload it to, to YouTube later, too. Mm. It's... <clears throat> Instagram, you can do it. On can you YouTube. share it straight from Facebook, too? YouTube? Um, not really. Was it right at the beginning of that question, or was it while we were waiting for the final question? I think it was while we were waiting. Oh. When it when yeah. touched me, I think it was at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I think it was I really just before this. I watch the part with... I need to fast forward where Nicole freaks like watching your hand. I know. Well, clearly I just like moved it and it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs>